podcasts offering discussions and tutorials on nerdy subjects for people who aren't necessarily nerdy themselves. With today, myself is nerdy to Georgia. With me here today, bicycling enthusiast, my mom. Hey. I'm running out of cool nicknames for you. I got to. I know. Well, you know, I, I you could, I could be a bike commuter. I've been commuting back and forth the days I go into the office, which because we're still in uh, shelter in place, mm-hmm. um, are you know two to three days a week. I go on the bike. It's like nine miles each way. It's not bad. It's not bad actually. No, yeah. not, not so bad. Um, so by popular request, we are doing, we are continuing a, a discussion on video games with Minecraft. Um, I know nothing except watching your nieces play. Yeah, and prior to this podcast, I knew some stuff, but not a lot of it. I've uh, taken the last week to try to educate myself as best as possible. I, I will say I do buy books for your niece. She, um, both of them, actually, love a series of books that are um, feature Minecraft characters, villagers. Oh, yeah, there is a... Zombies, Minecraft zombies. Yeah, there's quite... Minecraft's turned into its nice little uh, little franchise here over the last decade, when you think about they've it. They've got st- stuffed things. They've got plastic collectibles. They've oh, got... Yeah. It's a, it's, a, it's a thing. It's a cottage industry, absolutely. Yeah. Um, alrighty, well, so let's just get right into this. Um, so, Minecraft itself is a 3D sandbox game using a pixelated kind of graphical look to it. I know that really doesn't explain a whole lot, so I'll have to kind of run down. Sort of, so- it strikes me as sort of SimCity. Kind of like that, um, but almost, but in in the concept, yeah. So so what a sandbox game really is at the end of the day, when we when we speak about a sandbox game, is that it's a game that lets you progress through the gra- through the game at your own pace, doing almost whatever you want within the logics and rules of the game. So is, is Animal Crossing a sandbox game? It's very similar to, yeah. Animal Crossing would be very much also a sandbox game at the end of the day, because um, while, while there is an end game to, to the game, I mean, like, you're pretty much left to your own devices to to get through the game at the end of the day. Yeah, but I mean, you don't want to axe off all your trees. You won't be able to grow fruit. If you can't grow fruit, you can't make money, because that's the chief source of making money. And um, we have to be careful about what you do. Oh, absolutely, yeah. No, I mean... I mean, yeah, I mean, there's there are some punishment sort of aspects if you deforest all your trees or you turn your entire or you turn your entire thing into um if you overpave your surfaces, which is true in real life too, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, if you pave your, if you if you lay down um, as an example, if you lay brick down or you lay or you leave pavement down in animal crossing, um, you can't plant trees or um, uh, fossils won't go there, but flowers won't grow on the on that paved area either. Yeah, I gotta get rid of some flowers. But I mean, so I mean, what happens if you, if if you flower and and pave your your Animal Crossing? You, where do all your fossils go? Um, well, they just don't spawn. They don't spawn. Okay. Well, well, they'll they'll actually find a way to spawn on the places you didn't realize you hadn't paved yet. Okay. Um, which they'll is like, kind of different. Then, then you're lost between trees because I'm already getting lost between trees. Well, I get lost between flowers all the time. I mean, my my my, my islands is just littered with flowers. They're like yeah. weeds almost at a certain yeah. point. Yeah. Um, okay, but on to Minecraft. But on to Minecraft. So, 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 so a sandbox game is basically any game that kind of lets you go through the game as you wish. A popular sandbox game is actually um, uh, Grand Theft Auto. 
that's a sandbox game because I thought I thought that was. It, it's an action-oriented sandbox game in the in the intent that you know there is a storyline that you can play through in the game, but you're not demanded that you play through that storyline. It's just it progresses you through the game quicker and lets you do more things in the game. But you can very much, if you wanted to, be. Just sort of laid back and stealing a, a car here and there? Yeah, if you just wanted to go out and drive cars and steal stuff and make money that way, you could very much could do that. You don't have to play through the storyline. You could go do um, objectives and quests outside of that main storyline. Okay, so so let's back up here. Okay, that's a sandbox game. Last week I was playing Sonic, mm-hmm. and a couple weeks ago I was playing Mario. What are those? Um, so are those arcade? Or? So, so Sonic and Mario are more is what we can, would consider a... 2D side scroller, um, with the intention that is because you're going from right to left. Because you're going from right to left, you're scrolling for the screen, but everything's on a two-dimensional plane. Um, you can have an isometric side scroller, which means that you kind of look from a um, like a if you had like a box, you were looking at the top corner, like like a security camera almost onto yeah. it. Okay. And you kind of move through it diagonally. That's a okay. isometric sort of view, which is was popular for a while. Okay. Um, but a lot of games in the 8-bit and 16-bit generation, um, and then even into the 32-bit generation, were a lot of 2D games because it's what people knew how to do best. They were still very okay. much figuring. It wasn't until it wasn't until Mario 64 that people figured out how to do a 3D game at all. Okay. Um, um, the way that Minecraft looks is very pixelated and blocky. Um, which is somewhat intentional. I mean, even your characters are downright blocky in, in look. They're very they're meant to be very simple, but it allows you to also, because everything's very simple, it's uh, not very taxing on most computer systems. It's actually very easy to play on most computer systems without having high-end graphics cards or anything like that at all, um, which makes it very, very easy to pick up and play for just about any device. It's been ported to just about every console, including your phone. Uh, yeah, I, I've watched the girls play it on, on of course, they have a, a, a large screen. Mm-hmm. What size is that screen? It's big. I want to say it's a 28, 32-inch monitor, probably. Okay. So I've watched them play it on that. I've also watched them play it on their iPads. Yeah. Same game. Yep. It could even be just the same world, too. Yeah. Um, and, and, again, like, you could play with somebody who's playing on a PlayStation 4 with a person who's playing on a Nintendo Switch with a person who's playing on an iPad. Okay. It, it's they they've done a very good job of translating the game into these multiple platforms because it's at, at 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 its core it's really not a difficult game at all. Okay, well, it's really let's, not. Let's back up here. Okay, so so I guess my question is is I, I never considered that what platform you're playing on might limit who you play with. So, uh, are, are there other games that that a are there other games that play across lots of platforms? B, are there other play games that don't? I mean, that would be so limiting. So at a certain point here, um, there were games that could only be played on certain consoles. Um, up until actually just a couple, just within the last year and a half to two years, um, games that you could play only on, there were a lot of games in which could be played on multiple platforms, uh, Fortnite being an example. Uh-huh. But if you were playing on the PlayStation 4, you couldn't play with other people who were playing on the Xbox or the PC at all. Because the games are formulated differently? No, that was just Sony being Sony. Okay. Sony, Sony, Sony basically being like, we don't want to, we don't want to have to interact with the, with the Xbox crowd or anything like that. When, at the end of the day, all the servers are being 
part of the part of the reason why people pay a service to play online is because the servers are hosted by the by primarily by the by the Sony, Xbox, and yeah. Nintendo for the most part, especially for their first party games, in which they want people to be online. It means that where they there's stay... a lot of interaction, and you and yeah, yeah, um, and it's more likely, especially with games like Fortnite and other games, where there's a lot of in-game purchases that you'll be that you'll want to pay for those purchases okay. as well. So, so I know I'm off topic here, but it would seem like in the the COVID nineteen era, mm-hmm. you'd really want to be across multiple platforms I, I, I mean the games that you can play across multiple platforms would be cleaning up right now because it's only it's one of the few ways people can interact with others you know i mean it's also kind of the assumption that a lot of people don't have the same hardware at all either again right I mean, like, or the ooh. same vintage hardware the same what well, can i i can remember back in the 90s when you would buy you would pick up a video game for a computer and you'd have to double check with the device with the box and say does this work on my computer because again, because you had to have a, a certain minimum requirements. Well, not even so much that. I mean, like if you go back to the uh, you go back to the early '80s, even when you had various Commodores, Tandys, and all these other computer systems, you had to. Oh, that's true, because they had so many different operating systems. So many different operating systems, and it wasn't until um, almost the mid mid '80s where the floppy disk drive became a standard format. Because beforehand, you were having Atari and all Commodore and all these other consoles. Our computer system is still using cartridges for the most part, and and the and cartridges the, were proprietary, very proprietary. And this and this, I do remember that. And oh. Basic was even though you might have had Basic across the board, you may have not had the same specs on each version of Basic. So you mean who who's to say you didn't have? Again, I mean I, I still love the idea that that Commodore sixty four had sixty four had sixty four sixty four bits of memory on it, but you could only, but you were only ever using like fifty six of them when you loaded up Basic. Because the basic eight, it basic ate up quite a bit of basic ate up about eight eight giga eight bits of data, and I wanted to say gigabytes, but that's a gigabyte. A a gigabyte would have been a lot of space back in the day. You know, it it still floors me that my my father's office in um, had this office in San Francisco, and they had the computer, and he used to love to go, and the computer was in this big classroom, you know, three times the size of this living room easily. Oh yeah, Um, and this is about a good what like. This room was like, like 20, 20 by 15. Oh, yeah. And and um, this huge glass enclosed room, and you would watch the big mag discs rotate. Mm-hmm. And um, and all of that did less than the, your laptop. Than your cell phone these days. That's true. I mean, like those early, com- I mean, and that's not to say that the early computers were not good devices at the end of the day. I mean, they certainly did the, the minimal amount of work that they needed to, but I yeah. mean, like, I mean, in all honesty, like if I were to take my computer to the past, to just even like two thousand, it would blow people's brain, blow people's minds on what it could do. Yeah, no. Um, I just, I get it. I I remember having a one of the one of a Palm, Palm Pilot, and it wasn't a phone. It was a communication device. Yeah, it was, it was so the thing you took took notes on. PDA, personal personal uh, data assistant. There we go, and um. And and that was the thing. Mm-hmm. Well, I remember when we all thought pagers were a big deal. Yeah, they still kind of are for some for some industries. Yeah, doctors, I think, for the most part. Yeah. Um, but no, yeah. So what's one of the benefits of again? So very much one of the benefits of Minecraft is this very blocky look. It's um, you have these blocks. The, the game world is basically built up these one by one blocks. 
Um, so everything, even from a short distance, looks very pixelated. You actually have to zoom out quite a bit before you actually see a, what looks like a natural curve. I mean, it's kind of like playing with very much with Legos. Um, oh, well, that's kind of a cool thought. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it, it's basically a, it's basically our modern day version of Legos in a lot of ways. Um, and what's super interesting about the game as well is, is that it's it's been around for ten years and it's still very very popular today. I don't with very know. with very young people. Not just with young people, with a lot of older people too. I know a lot of old. I mean, and we'll talk about it later. But I've I've seen people make stuff in Minecraft that blows my mind to this day. Um. And so I mean, well, let's let's talk about where it came from. We I mean to talk about Minecraft is to talk about um one of its major creators here, the guy who basically built it, which was um better known as Notch, but his full name is. Um, Marcus Pearson. Yeah, Marcus Pearson. Um, he used to develop games for King King Games, which was a big mobile game. If you've ever played Candy Crush, that's a King game. Oh, okay. I have, I have played Candy Crush. I yeah. don't anymore because I don't want to pay for it. Well, I, I, I got tired of, of being really close to finishing a level, but only if you paid a little bit more. Maybe you could yeah, continue. Then no. you could finish, yeah. No, I'm okay. With, I'm okay with yeah. not playing that game yeah. anymore. Um. And so, yeah, so he was, in his spare time, kind of building, prototyping different games, because he was making games at the time, um, and he fell in love kind of like with this, he, there was another game called Dwarf Fortress, which let you build a lot of stuff and had a kind of a very pixelated world. He enjoyed that quite a bit. Um, and then by about 2009, early 2009, I want to say in March, um, he left King Gaming and started working for another comp another video game company as a game developer, um, but that didn't last very long because um, apparently he had an epiphany over a weekend and built the entire game code for Minecraft in the span of a single weekend. Oh, you're kidding? No, well, no I mean, sleep. well, I imagine there's probably maybe maybe a couple hours of sleep, but not a lot. He finished. Yeah. Apparently, the story goes that he finished it within a weekend. Um, and then by May of 2009, he actually released the first version of Minecraft, which was an open source, which was basically was 10 pounds to, to be able to get, be given access to it, uh, so that he could continue developing it. And people kept paying him money to, to give it a try. And he would release frequent updates for it to fix bugs, to add new features well, to the okay, game. Okay. So, so he's, he's doing this independently? Yes. He did it initially independently. Um, he eventually had to uh, make his own company so he could help um, funnel the money that he was getting for it because he was getting a lot of money at the time for being independent. And which um, he actually partnered with the CEO of the company he was at, or one of the not the CEO but one of the either the senior vice president or the CEO of the company he was actually currently working for, um, as well as a couple other people, and they created Mojang, which is the company. Um, that uh, basically owns the rights to Minecraft um, at the time. Yeah, what nationality is this guy? I want to say he's Swedish. Okay. Well, that would go with you know, the Danish Legos. I would think so, too, maybe. Um, and so, yeah, no, so the very early version of Minecraft came out in 2009, and um, within about the next year, they actually released what they called the alpha version of it. Um, so in a sense of game development... Um, you go through a cycle of game development where you have prototyping is where you're building elements of the game to try to get them to all work together. 
Uh-huh. So you might be building like the running animation, or you might be building how uh, game mechanics work, stuff like that. Alphas, uh, when you get to the alpha stage of development, alpha stage is basically the, okay, it it runs. Let's make sure that it works properly when it runs. But while you're still well, you're still adding features at this point. So an alpha version might be, um, I mean, if we were going to take this into car terms, we might think of the of the horse and buggy as like the early prototype, and we might think of a very early Model T or very early version of the car as like an alpha. Um, we start getting to like um, you know, and again, the alpha stage is really much a we're getting it to work. It's still very buggy and it doesn't work properly, but we're at a point now in which we can say. Okay, the have game, fun with it. Well, not so much have fun with it because again, keep in mind that most people never get to play the alpha version of games, um, and most people never actually it's get too to, buggy. It's not that it's too buggy; it's just that it's such an early version of the game that things don't stay consistent in that early in okay. the early alpha version. There's a lot of stuff. It's not that's, reliable. It's not only that it's not reliable. There's a lot of bugs that break in it frequently. Um, there's a lot of elements of the game which are still being worked on that may may stay around, it may not stay around, and new elements which may come around. The alpha is really the really the point in which you can say, "All right, I have a working version of it. Let's make sure it still works when we when we play through it." Um, and it doesn't even ha- and alpha doesn't mean that it has to be finished either. It's often almost never finished by alpha. Alpha, the storyline or all the mechanics, it's still very much a work in progress. But it's at a point in which everything's up and running. Okay. Um, or maybe maybe a car is not the right analogy. No, I think a car is still probably the right analogy for this. Um, and what did he? So yes, yeah, so we went into alpha version about a year later in June of 2010, um, and then by the end of 2010 in December, he actually went into the beta version of the game. Um, and beta version of the game, and when you look at it, it's basically the, okay, almost everything is locked in place, we're editing a few things to make, we're polishing, and we're knocking out bugs, and we're getting it to the point in which it's a polished game that we can put out. Um, in a lot of games, some people will get to play a beta version of the game. Um, as an example, World of Warcraft goes, its next expansion goes into beta here. Um, in a couple weeks, in another week or two. Uh-huh. But the reason the World of Warcraft people, um, they release their beta content for it is, is that years ago they wouldn't release upcoming stuff for players beforehand. Uh-huh. And it was v- very poorly tuned for players. And so um, a famous example for this is that when they released... Um, Blackwing Lair, which was the second major dungeon that ever came out in World of Warcraft. Uh-huh. Um, players didn't get the chance to playtest it at all. And because they didn't get to playtest it beforehand... <coughs> excuse me. Because they didn't get to playtest play it beforehand, um, the dungeons were impossible to beat. Oh. They were too. They were too. The, 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 everything was too powerful. Um, or some bosses were very easy to, to, to easy to defeat. Um, as were other bosses were so difficult that they would just one shot entire groups within a minute or two. Um, and again, as much as you can, um, as much as the game creators can devise this cool way of doing stuff and how to get through stuff. Um, 
the players who are not uh, who are often not aware of that have to figure it out for themselves. Um, and in some cases, the players are very good about figuring out where. It's basically this notion of the path, the path of least resistance. It comes up actually a lot in video games, where if you find a um, a very optimal strategy at the end of the day, um, and none of the other strategies give you as much uh, benefit as that initial strategy does, uh-huh. then all you learn is that one strategy, and you take it as far as it'll get you. And then when you come across enemies that require more than that initial strategy that you had, you get frustrated because you didn't learn the other strategies that you were supposed to learn along along the way. So um, imagine, if you will, if you got told, oh, you only you just dig up fossils, and digging up fossils and selling fossils is the best way to make money in Animal Crossing. You only get five fossils a day. And you only get the fifth, you get four, but you get a fifth one mm-hmm. if you go back and play a second time later in the day. Oh. I only have just been playing the one time in the day. I've never looked for the, for the fifth fossil. If I play in the morning and I go back in the afternoon... And even if I go to another island in the afternoon, it'll appear on the other island, but I'll get another fossil, like a bonus fossil. Huh. I did not know this. I, I, I believe that to be true. Okay. Because um, I know when I've got all, because I, I, I look, I, I know when I've got all four fossils. Okay. So, okay. So, so, but let me, let us, let us back up here. Okay. Okay. Are you saying, are you saying that um, Minecraft doesn't tell you what to do? You have to figure it out on your own? Oh, no, no, I haven't gotten that far just yet. I'm okay. still, talk, still talking about the notion in of... general. Ba- I'm just okay. talking about beta in general. So. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so, again, my example of World of Warcraft, again, I mean, some of the bosses were very easy to beat, while other bosses were extremely difficult to beat. Um, and because of this, when the game came out, they had to spend an extra two to three weeks rebalancing the entire dungeon before they could re-release it back to the public for people to play again. Because they didn't have enough data beforehand. Because even though the game creators who are very good players of the game, they don't actually play the game like normal players, like I, like me and my friends do. So again, this is the idea of beta. Beta is the notion that testing it out and having more people do it. It's also where you get a lot of uh, quality assurance testers that come out. Um, if you remember back into our discussion of uh, video games and money... Yeah, quality. You ha- you have quality quality assurance people or QA people that basically are get get told, hey, play this beta version of this game until you break it, or find where the bugs are, so that way you can let people know about it to fix them. This is that so, beta process. So so I'll, I'll give you I'll give you a, a weird analogy. Um, I belong to a web a website for knitters and um, knitters crocheters textile mm-hmm. and. Um, they occasionally will put out blurbs for test knitters, and they are they are people that that um, will knit for a a designer a pattern and tell you where all the bugs are in the pattern. There you go. That's a beta version of a of a of a pattern. There, I guess. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. This same sort same sort of thing. Yeah. So this is the this is the mode in test which test knitters. Yeah. So this was the mode in which it was for um, by the end of December two thousand ten. And then just a couple months later, in uh, just a year later, in November of 2011, they went. They went uh, in video game terms. It's called going gold. Okay. Uh, I've heard it other terms, uh, but basically, going gold means is that back in the day was that this is the final version of this game. This is what you print on all the cartridges and CDs back in the day when we da- back in the day okay. before we downloaded games for a living. 
I actually don't even think my computer here has a CD-ROM drive. No, it doesn't. Newer, newer ones don't. Nope, nope. Um, so yeah, I mean, <clears throat> so the game is a, was a, to say it was an instant hit would be a lie. It's actually at this point, the most, um, the most popular video game ever is it, it is sold. And, and, I've, and I've heard, I mean, I've heard about it for years and, and when I first heard about it, it was amongst adults. Mm-hmm. And then I was floored to find that there were kids playing it. Like some of your, your father's students play it. He teaches 7th and 8th grade. Yep. And um, your niece has been playing it, you know, since they were five. Yeah. But again, I mean, like, I, th- I, I think for this day and age, it's probably the Legos of my niece's generation. Um, Although they, they play with the real Legos, too. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, like, again, I mean, like, the, the, the concepts are not too dissimilar. It's very easy to to pick up and play. Um and um, while it doesn't do a lot of hand holding, I would say um, it's actually fairly easy to figure out what to do in most cases. Well, uh, and let me share with you that that is the frustration I have in general with video games, is that I can't I can't hit a button like like if I'm in software I can hit the question button and drag drag the question mark down and go what is this? Mm-hmm. And I can't do that in games. I can't always figure out, like, I had to go to the internet to figure out how to swim in Animal Crossing. Because the, 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 if you bought the swimsuit from the Nooklings, they would have told you. Well, I bought it from the, the Nook Miles. The Nook Miles. Um, okay. So they would have told me what I had to do with it? Yeah, that's a very lengthy discussion. That I had, had I not seen, um, so Nintendo released a demo reel before it. Um, outlining um, the new updated features that was coming out uh, back in the beginning of the very end of June, um, which which basically was the highlight was a person in a swimsuit running up against a rock and then jumping and doing a backflip into the water. You can't do that. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. If you run, if you run to the, if you run on, the, if you run on the rocks that are up against the water, uh huh. And then as you get to the very edge, you press A to jump into, into as if you were going to jump into the water. You actually do like a flip and do like kind of like a like oh, a gotta squat. Try that. Okay. Yeah, it's actually pretty cute. Okay. Um, so I mean, we could do this all the time. It's kind yeah. of a running joke. Um, but no, so again, um, the game went into full public, fully available version in 2011, um, and shortly thereafter, actually, the guy who was making it, this Marcus Pearson, um, or Notch as he's more commonly known as, um, actually passed the. Um, Reigns of lead development to a gentleman by the name of Jens Jeb, and I apologize, I'm probably going to butcher this name here, uh, Bergen, Bergenstein. Bergenstein? Okay. I'm going to go with Bergenstein. Okay. Um, yeah. Might be so, Borgenstein. Uh, B-E-R. Oh, yeah, yeah, B-E-R. I'm going to go with Bergenstein. Um, and yeah, they've they've just been gangbusters with this for a long time at this point. It's surprising that it would be so easy for him to 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 give up so, well, so soon into it. Did he move on to other things? Do we know? No, he actually stayed with the company for up until uh, 2014. Because uh, in 2014, Microsoft came in and purchased the company Mojang for 2.5 billion dollars. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And, <laughs> and he and he got the, the initial investment of 
$1.5 billion. So if he never does anything else ever again, he's fine. Yeah, he's taking care. <clears throat> and he actually has gone out and tried to do other stuff. Um, he's actually been quietly removed from the game on certain levels. <clears throat> Excuse me. Apparently he's got some rather um, radical um, transphobic uh, ideas that he's been... Oh. Yeah. I mean, I mean this guy That's is not... surprising. I mean, you would think so, yeah. But I, I, mean, I would think most most creators, and and not, I, I don't mean just in this in this sort of world, but I think most creators are open minded. I think it's a trait of of being a creator. Have you if you ever watch a or you ever read a book called um, Ender's Game? No. Okay, so Ender um, as a bit of a tangent here. So the book Ender's Game is actually kind of a unique story. That was written back in the 70s, early 80s, um, if memory serves me correctly. I want to say it's mid-70s. Um, they had kind of the kind of the best sort of gotcha moment in in there. And, and I don't think it's really spoiling it at this point here. Um, for it's it's a it's a very interesting book. I, I highly recommend that you that you read it. I got a long trip coming up. Um, okay. But um, it has this great kind of moment in the middle of it where you think you you think you're doing one thing, but then it completely flips you out, and it basically recategorizes all the stuff that the that the character has done here all of a sudden. And it's a great kind of like moment because you're like, wow, that's what adults that's what would might actually happen. And this kid just this kid who thought he was playing a video game for his for his like senior thesis or his final. Uh-huh. actually just wiped out an entire civilization on a planet and didn't realize he was actually doing it. He didn't realize he's actually leading actual ships. He th- they all thought this was just like their final exam. Wow. Yeah. And then the, and then the kid is actually rather um, upset about it at the end that he actually wiped out almost this entire civilization at the end of the day because he's actually rather upset about that, um, especially with the adults that were in there. Because keep in mind, when he's... He's probably like 10, 12, 13 years old yeah. in in the story. So, um, Very interesting book. Um, its author um, is a very horrible person, though. Um, his per- The author is a very much a very much a bigot racist, um, has spent a lot of his money on the book on f- conspiracy theories and basically trying to do horrible things. And it's kind of hard to either watch the movie, which... They did have one that came out approximately like five years ago, if you want to watch that. Okay. It's got Harrison Ford in it, which is always a plus. Okay. Yeah. Um, fan. Yeah, but again, it's hard to kind of watch the movie or read the book without thinking of author Scott Cars. I want to listen. I, I don't know his name frequently well, enough look, to know. I'll look it up. I mean, I'm interested. As I said, I have a long trip coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, it's kind of hard to, to watch it without thinking about, oh, I'm, if I've bought this, I've supported a, I've supported a horrible person. Yeah, you know, which is kind of what's also happening with Harry Potter as well. I've I've been reading some of of uh, some of that. She's she's come out rather oddly on um, yeah some 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 topics. Yeah, LGBT uh, trans and yeah, trans and, and trans yeah. topics primarily. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I don't want to say that's the case for for Minecraft because he hasn't really been a huge player or element of it in the last um in the la- in probably the last couple of years since 2014 since it got sold 
Um, but in the case of like Ender's Game and Harry Potter, I mean, their owners are very, their writers and owners are very much a part of their continuity and their um, well, yeah. stuff at this point still. Yeah. Um, so, but anyways, yeah. Um, with Microsoft basically purchasing Minecraft here in 2014, um, they've basically ported it to just about everything and their mother. You can even get this on a Apple TV or a, or an Apple TV or a Amazon Fire. I haven't TV. seen cartoons. There are cartoons. There are cartoons. Three D animated cartoons are out there. Oh wow, that's too bad. Actually, <laughs> no, so I mean, so well, let's talk about the actual game itself. Okay. Because um, there's a bunch of spinoffs I actually want to talk about as well. This okay. is actually kind of interesting. Um, so Minecraft starts you off in a procedurally generated world. Now, when I say procedurally generated, that means that the game basically randomizes where certain elements of the game are, certain things are throughout the entire game. Kind of like in Animal Crossing, how when you get the choice of islands, they're kind of somewhat procedurally yeah. generated. Yeah. Each island has a certain amount of, in Animal Crossing, a certain amount of high terrain, low terrain. It has at least two rivers that flow out from the island, but it doesn't... But I only have one. It you flows have two. out in two ways. You have, you have a, a U-turn. Well, you have a river that flows out two different ways out of the yeah. island. There's yeah. at least two different exits for, for right. that. But I think yours might be just a, a giant U. Yeah, mine's just a giant U. Okay, yeah. So, um, But every island has a certain amount of certain qualities to it. That's the same way with Minecraft. It has a certain amount of qualities um, that are consistent throughout its entire game. So there's always going to be certain amounts of water, rivers. It's going to put you in a place that's going to have access to mines really easily so you don't have to mine downward to get to them uh, to get to certain minerals and materials things like that okay um it's meant so that way no matter what you play you could always be playing um a slightly different version of the game um if that's what you're interested sure, in so everybody's everybody's game is their own everyone's game is their own and they're different now what you can do is that you can um what they call seeding a world, which means that if you give it certain instructions or certain words, uh-huh. it'll generate a world based off of those words. Um, but so like if you were to put in like your last name as an example, it might generate a world that's somewhat, that's some sort of algorithmically based off of the, those characters. Um, but again, if you think about how many characters are in a keyboard, even if you just assume like the 26 letters of the alphabet and then, the numbers one through zero, you're looking at 36 different combinations. And if we do the math on it here, you could have, even if you just did eight characters, that's 36 to the eighth power. There's there that many infinite versions of the, of these worlds that could possibly exist. Um, but the game does say that if you use a certain string of letters, it'll figure out one of those procedurally generated worlds and they'll kind of always be the somewhat same. So, as an example, if you wanted to speedrun this game, you could by a certain pre-generated uh, world that based off of the seed that you gave it. People speedrun this game. I don't know why. But I've seen versions of speedrunning for this game. Speed, be, speed running being, being to beat the, push, the game, to beat be, the game as quick as possible. Possible. It's uh, ba- based off of achievements. Based off of achievements. Yeah, in, in this case here, it's like the first to get. A certain string of achievements, and like you have to visit all the various biodomes because there's a desert place, there's a forest place, there's a jungle place, there's caverns, ice, uh, kind of wet, uh, various different biomes that you can visit. 
um, and biomes again being the different kind of diversity areas. Um, you play this from what we call a first-person view. Now, um, if you're playing Animal Crossing, example, you're playing it from a third-person perspective. Um, in particular, you're playing it from a third-person isometric perspective. So you're you're looking down onto the character as you're playing. Uh, first person means that you're literally what you see is what the character sees from their own eyeballs. Okay. So typically, you don't see your character at all. You only really see. Um, if you look up, you look up. If you look down, maybe you see your feet and your hands, but typically not even that. Okay. Um, and oftentimes, if you're carrying anything like a, a pickaxe or a shield, those would appear like at the very edges on of your screen peripherally. Yeah. Okay. Um, and that's what we mean by third person pers perspective. Okay. Um, and actually, if you play this on the PC, my nieces will get to show you how to play it on the computer, which will teach you the lovely keys ASWD. ASWD. Um, yeah, so these are the three key. These are the four keys that are on the far left side of the keyboard. Um, w represents up. S represents down. A recommends is basically to go to the left. Is turned to the left, and D is go is turned to the right. You can't just use use. You use the mouse, but you use the mouse to look around. And so if you're so, okay. so if you press forward as an example, you have to kind of use the mouse to turn yourself to the right or to the left or to look up or to look down. Okay. So, um, right. it tends to be the best for people who are left-handed because it gives you ease of access to the number keys that are right above the ASW keys. It gives you easy access for your thumb to be on the, um, space bar and also gives you kind of ease of access to tab and a couple other keys on the left-hand side that makes it easier to do stuff. So um, I spread easier out of the flag. Well, no, I mean, if you're right-handed, it's the best because you're left, I mean, depending on how you use your left hand. Okay. There's some people who are left-handed who use their left hand to use the mouse. Versus people who use the right-handed for their mouse, when they would use their left hand to control. They have to use their right hand to control the keyboard, and it's often, um, if they, mo most systems don't have the option to do an ASWD uh, for left-handed for left-handed people, so they have to remap to other keys, which is already some of those buttons already mapped to other things. It's it's more difficult, unfortunately. Okay. Is the best way to describe that, okay. unfortunately. Um, Fair enough. So uh, once you get into the world, though. You have, let's see, I'll go through my notes. The main focus of the game is basically to build stuff. I mean, as far as I've understood, as I understood it. Yeah. Um, and basically, you gather materials from everything around you. You can gather everything from dirt, wood, grass, uh, ore from the ground. Um, and the most predominant way you really do that is punching it. I've watched them do this. I've watched them create lakes mm -hmm. one day by just punching, like they like dug down one layer and then just punched whatever was in front of them. Mm -hmm. Yep. It was so weird. And uh, they're big blocks. Yep. They're fairly big blocks. They're, I mean, I guess they're maybe like a small like uh, seat cushion or like maybe yeah. the size of like something you would rest your feet on, a little ottoman. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's my best way to describe it. Or, or a nice sized Amazon box. There we go. I might, I might recommend that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, so they're fairly big blocks by comparison. Um, in early stages of the game, you punch them to basically get whatever you want out of it. Um, now, are you collecting any minerals or anything, or are you just getting rid of the dirt? Well, so when you, collect, when you get rid of the blocks, you actually are able to collect the blocks. Okay. So once you break it, you can collect it. So everything from the dirt to... 
If you're punching a tree wood, you can actually collect the wood afterwards. And if you're okay. punching dirt, you can actually collect the dirt as well. Okay. Um, and from there, you can actually replace the dirt wherever you want. So you if can you make your own hills. You can make your own hills. You can make your own um, tunnels. You can make your own caverns. You can make your you can deforest an entire place if you want to, which you might actually have to to get all the wood you really need. Um, but Does what's it grow back? Huh? Does it grow back? If you plant saplings, yes, you can. Okay, so you have to plant saplings. Um, but what's interesting? But again, the world for the most part is from what I've seen. You're not going to run out of wood anytime soon. Okay. There's enough wood out there for a while. Okay. Um, and the same thing with minerals. Like, you go through, uh, you actually don't go through that many min minerals right away. But uh, one of the things the game teaches you to do fairly quickly is actually to combine stuff to make new stuff. Um, so one of the major features of the game are um, this pickaxe that you need to make at some point. The pickaxe uh -huh. allows you to, uh, now mind you, you can mine just, you can basically hit just about anything and get material from it. From dirt to wood to trees. Um, you can even hit the bad guys that come up in the game. But you need certain amounts of ore to get further into the game. So you need like iron ore to get certain points. You need coal to be able to make fires, things like that. You can't do that without a pickaxe. And, and even if you didn't have a pickaxe, if you were just punching rocks, you'd be punching rocks for a very long time. If without the pickaxe, the pickaxe makes it move relatively quickly. Okay. Um, so what the game teaches you to do is it teaches you to make stuff and it actually is fairly good about telling you what you need to make what it's not intuitive about it, but it will tell you what you need to make what, um, and if you say, for example, I want to make an ax, well, first it's going to tell you that you need a, a crafting station to make an ax and then they'll tell you, Oh, well, you need these materials to make this. Oh, how do I make those materials? Oh, how do I make this? It'll tell you, Oh, you need this amount of wood and then it's actually like DIY cards. Well, DIY cards, except you already have all the DIY cards. You just need the materials to be able to make okay. it. Um, and so the game is actually pretty good about telling you how to make the stuff. Um, you just need to kind of politely ask it to tell you. Okay. Um, and again, from there again, I mean, like, you can build just about anything in this game. You, I've seen people... Uh, now, again, like, the, the early version of the game, you want to build yourself, like, a, a, a shelter so you can protect yourself yeah. and... But I've seen people who have made, who have rebuilt historical land sites, popular destinations. Um, I've seen people who've remade areas from video games and books. Um, uh, but I've also seen people who have coded entire new stuff into these games. Uh, my favorite example being that one person figured out how to spend... Um, 21 months, if memory serves me correctly, building Pokemon Red and Blue into Minecraft. An actual working version of the original the original Game Boy game in the actual Minecraft. As a fully playable thing that you can even save. That's, that's pretty inventive. Uh, he, basically, what he did was he created a... Um, how best way to explain it? He created basically entire chips in 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 the world of Minecraft uh -huh. with basic simple yes no commands. So he had to recreate entire chips, and after he created all the chips for the game that would be in a Game Boy and all the chips are necessary to play the game, he programmed all of it to be able to come up with certain tiles that it needed to, and it was able to 
programmed those items and basically was able to take everyday objects in the game, re-basically change the textures of them to be the sprites of the actual game, and then was able to make it into, and then was actually able to program the original game. Wow. And again, this is over the span of 21 months that he was able to do this. That's pretty amazing. And again, it's this is all based off of what is fully available in the game. There's no special add-ons. There's no special features to it. No, these are all just everyday things you can get in the game. There's a special block that's called a command block, uh, command prompt block, which tells you to do X, Y, and Z things when you're in it. And for the most part, most people wouldn't be able would wouldn't understand how to use it unless they were programmers on a certain level. Um. But, 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 I mean, you've got this strong uh, group of people out there. I mean, you have people writing for Mario and, and Sonic mm-hmm. fans. Oh, this was, and then, so, and, yeah, and keep in mind, this is just a fan. Yeah. And, he, and, and one of my favorite things that people do in the game is they actually rebuild um, characters in a pixelated format. So even in this example of the, of the Pokemon Red and Blue, he's got Charizard, Blastoise, and... Uh, Venusaur as these pixelated versions of themselves as statues. Like there, there are they would be what we would consider like. You, you remember the Gundam when we were in Japan, right? Yeah, yeah, it'd be like three or four times that size. Wow. By comparison to a human person, but I mean, like from a distance, like nope, that's a three D version of Charizard. Yeah. That that that's Charizard, and there's a lot of people that have done that. They've done everything from Mario characters to. I think actually basically anything you can think of, they've actually probably built in Minecraft at this point. That's amazing. Um, I guess I shouldn't be that surprised because, um, you know, in Animal Crossing, I went went to look today for, for something to put on my fruit stand. And there were already like dozens and dozens of designs that I could get for free from people. Oh, yeah, no, I mean, there's lots of designs people have made for free. Um, I've actually Starbucks. Re- I've, I've researched actually quite a bit of of people making kind of interesting designs in Animal Crossing. Like, there's a person that made, like, a bridge that starts from the bottom of the island and almost goes up to the top of the island. It's a super long bridge. Wow. Um, and really all it takes is just uh, um, was just some fencing and the terraforming tool. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but no, again, people have made just about everything in the game. Um, I would be remiss to say that there actually is a couple different modes of the game you can play as well. Um, so the most original version of this would be the survival mode. And this is the mode in which there is a day and night cycle to the game. And so during the daytime, you actually are fairly peaceful. Nothing can bother you at this point. Everything yeah. is tranquil and it basically allows you to kind of figure out how to get material and stuff. Um, and then you get to a nighttime version of the game where... Um, bad guys and monsters come out of the woodworks to kind of come and get you. Um, and so the idea of their survival mode is to, um, you have a health bars, but you also have what they call a stamina meter. So like you need to keep yourself fed up to a certain point. Um, so you can't go hungry. So you have to yeah. eventually either eat fruit or unfortunately take, take out the various pigs, chickens, dogs that are kind of populating the islands. And cook them? You, or you can eat the raw meat. They don't recommend it, but you can. Yeah, but cook them, yeah. How do you cook them? With fire. Okay. Wow. So not a vegetarian game. 
No. I mean, well, I mean, you can't, there are fruits on, there are fruits in the game, so you can okay. eat those instead if you preferred. Okay. Um, I don't think they really have a, I don't really think it requires me, but I haven't gotten further enough, far enough in it to figure that part out. Um, but the nighttime element is basically this notion where monsters are coming to get you. If you basically build yourself a house and you stay inside your house and make sure nothing else can get into it, you'd be fine. Um, but then, but then after they leave, you could go back out and do stuff in the woods. Um, you can even actually, you can make yourself a bed. If you go to bed, you can wait until they leave and then you can come back out. And on the day night cycles on, I believe it on a, either 20 minute or 30 minute cycle. I want to say 20 minutes. Okay. Um, so it's not that difficult. And, um, the speak of the bad guys, you got a couple different classic bad guys. You have, um, the zombie that comes out and gets you, you have, uh, skeletons and spiders that will come out and get you. Skeletons are kind of annoying because they have their their archers, so they shoot at you from a long distance. Um, you have what they call the Enderman, um, which is basically this kind of guy with long black arms that um, basically will leave you alone if you don't look at him directly. So if he doesn't look at you and you don't look at him, yeah, that'll that'll be fine. Or if you don't interact with him. So basically, he's a neutral character that doesn't bother you unless you bother him or you look at him directly, and so he's he like looks a back. Yeah, kind of like a rattlesnake. Okay. Um, and then you have probably what's the unofficial mascot of the game, which is known as the creeper. Um, it's this green dude. Um, not even so much a dude. It's this green character that you've probably seen around. You'll see. You'll know it when you see him. Um, that basically, if you get too close to him, he blows up. It's popular. He's very popular because what he what they'll do is that when you're not paying attention at all, he'll basically just come up right behind you and explode, and take you out. Um, if you happen to die in this game, you can respawn. You just don't have all your stuff with you. So if you had been collecting stuff for a while, you have to go back and find um, where you had previously uh, died at, and you can recollect all your stuff again if you had whatever you had on you. So it's not a permanent loss at all. But can somebody else come along and take your stuff? Nope. Nope. Okay. I mean, in most cases, you can. So, ma- so, so the girls, the girls talk about Minecraft zombies. Yeah. So those, so the zombies are part of the bad guys. Okay. Um, now you could have somebody come by and come collect it, but you'd have to allow people to come in and play the game with you because okay. it's a, because it, in a lot of cases you can have it as either a solo game or you can have it as a multiplayer game. Um. So there's lots of opportunities. Um, the second mode that's kind of in there is also the uh, creative mode. Uh-huh. It doesn't have any of the survival mechanic elements on it. You can actually, it's just meant to allow you to just be able to build whatever you want. And it almost gives you all the materials as well. Okay. So if you wanted to spend time building out, again, the Pokemon game, creative would be the way you would do it. Um, and then there's also the um, adventure mode, which is basically kind of a mix of survival and creative because what it is is people who have created content for the game um in the sense that they have built their own elements of the world and you can allow them to download it um and if you want to have a strolling adventure through a forest or you want to recreate places you could walk through them but if you but they also have elements where if you or if they wanted to you could have scripted elements that happen where Oh, you walk through this through this particular area. Oh no, zombies are coming to get you now. Okay. So the, I mean, in, and again, the Pokemon game that I rec- that I mentioned to you beforehand yeah. 
is an adventure mode. And what's actually been very, actually very interesting about the game, which I know my nieces have probably taken quite an advantage of, is that there's a lot of customization elements into this game. There are people who have um, built pack theme packs for this game. She um, buys theme packs. Yeah. And so it allows you to have cutesy scenes or it allows you to change some of the blocks to represent stuff from the movies in some cases, yeah. like um, like Frozen or Nightmare Before Christmas. Um, famously, when she the... She's Sally. Yeah, so Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah. Um, famously, when the game... There's actually even an unofficial Pokemon version as well that lets you... Rec- that they have little pixelated versions of the Pokemon yeah, that, that you, they can follow you around and do battles with as well. Um, but can you catch them? Yes, actually. Wow. Okay. Um, famously, when the when Minecraft came on to the Nintendo Switch, they came out with a Mario pack because there had been unofficial Mario packs beforehand. They had to stop selling those because they actually had an official Mario pack now. Um, well, see, okay, so that's what I was going to ask: is is it available for something like the Switch? It's available for the Switch. It's it, again, it's basically available for everything, from your phone to a Switch. Um, again, How do you I, play a game like that on your phone? Well, I mean, you've seen my nieces play it on iPad, right? Yeah. That's oh, okay. The, it's basically a phone. Yeah, yeah, it's basically just a phone. I mean, it, at this point, I mean, like, if, if we were talking back in the day, you of, just have so little screen. Yeah, it's not a big amount of space that you get to that you get to work with. Okay. Um, and for a lot of people, what they do is they, for a lot of people, what they'll do is that they will um, link their two worlds together from their phone onto their computer. So basically the notion is that when you're away from your desktop computer, like maybe if you're at work and you were on a half hour lunch break, you could play Minecraft on your phone to continue to keep working on your world and then come back home and keep playing it from there. So you had one contiguous world at the end of the day. Okay. So, I mean, that's, that's an element that some people do. I can see that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. so that, yeah. So that way, I mean, even though you weren't able to actually play the game, and maybe it's full start, you were able to still do stuff on, on your particular yeah. world if you wanted to, especially if you were in the developing and creating, you know, masterpieces of various caliber. Mm-hmm. Um, and the packs are actually probably what the game makes most of its money off of, actually. So you can actually get the game for uh, Windows. Uh, their newest version is the Windows 10 version. Um, it's available for basically 30 bucks online. Okay. But then it's all these extra packs they have are like each, like, Five, ten, twenty dollars each. That's how they're. Yeah, ma- no, I've, I've I've watched Mia save up for them, mm-hmm. and and they're they you know she bought one that was nineteen dollars. Yeah, so that's that's how they're making their money. Okay. Um, but what I'm actually kind of interested to talk about is the spinoffs. Okay. Um, so in May of 2019, which is the would have been the tenth uh, anniversary of when the original version of the game came out, the prototype version. Uh, they released what they called Minecraft Classic, which was a classic version of the original game that came out. It's a much more streamlined, bare-bones version of the game that's meant to represent the original classic version that would have came out back in May of 2009, but they released it for people if they wanted to play that. Um, they've recently here, within the, within basically just the last two months, they released something called Minecraft Dungeons, um, much in the same way how the world gets procedurally generated, um, you play as your, I don't know if they're called villagers or the Minecraftians. Is this kind of like World of Warcraft having different different universes? 
Um, well, it's, no. not the, it's not the Minecraft. It's not the World of Warcraft. It's just there's different universes. There's alternate reality. It has basically parallel universes. Okay. In in the parallel versus universes where I said yes this time versus another one that said where I said no this the other time. Okay. They're almost all the exact same. They're just different parallel universes all running in tangent. Okay. Very minor changes that happen to the world. Okay. Um. But Minecraft Dungeon is basically the notion that you and three other players, up to four, um, can um, f- basically go through dungeons at the end of the day. Um, there's no classes or anything. You just collect armor and weapons, and you play as you're just going through a normal dungeon, if you will. Um, very much kind of in the vein, I think, of a uh, Diablo um, Diablo series set kind of game. Um the the procedurally generated worlds they call roguelikes because they don't know what is going to come up next in a lot of cases. Yeah. Um, the one that's actually got me the most excited is something called Minecraft Earth. Um, and to talk about Minecraft Earth is really to kind of explain also what is augmented reality. Have you ever heard this term before? Yeah. Okay. Um, so what augmented reality is is basically this notion that anywhere you go in the world, which has got a specific sort of Longitude and latitude to a like a millionth point decimal as far as geography uh-huh. goes. You can put something in that world. You can put something on that location and view it through a computer device. So, as an example, what they've done is that they've been able to, uh, they've been able to through Minecraft use a device that lets you see through like either a cell phone or an iPad. Uh-huh. Um, a world around you that is Minecraft. So as so the example I've seen is where on a table they had a kind of a treehouse sort of thing going on. It was all in Minecraft, very small little bricks. Um, and then later they were actually able to create a Minecraft that was basically the entire surrounding area around you. That's pretty cool. So if you wanted to, you could say go down to the park or go down to um, the school that's nearby. Uh-huh. And you can see what other people have left behind as far as Minecraft stuff goes. And that could be anything from polar bears walking around in a small tundra to attempted people who had built stuff up in Minecraft and other people who probably came by and destroyed it. Yeah. Because people are like that. Nothing good can ever last forever. Yeah. Um, but the notion that people are actually able to physically manipulate stuff in this video game world based off where they are physically in the world. Um, it's very similar to um, Pokemon Go, if you will, where depending on where you are in Pokemon Go, only certain Pokemon will show up. Um, and you can collect all the Pokemon you want, but you can't... Um, but only certain Pokemon will... Like, if you're closer to the water, more water Pokemon will pop up. If you're in the desert, so long as you're by a fountain, then more water Pokemon will pop up. But if you're just like on the streets normally, just regular everyday street Pokemon will pop up. If you're closer to the forest, more um, uh, grass and rock Pokemon will tend to pop up more often, as an example. Yeah. Um, things like that. Um, but, and, yeah, no. It, it, like Pokemon Go, if you're near the water, you get water Pokemon. If you're yeah. on a mountain, you get, you know. Pokemon will be a topic one of these yeah. days. Yeah, it should. It, yeah, it definitely has plenty of, of teeth in it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that's actually pretty interesting as well. They've actually also um, have a Minecraft for virtual reality, which is something I might give a try. Oh, that would be a trip. Yeah, and so I have three D cubes. 
little 3D cubes that you kind of, I, I imagine, would have to use your controller with and actually, like, put in places, I would imagine. Okay. Um, I, I don't know what it would look like. I'm kind of semi-interested to see what it might look at, look like. Um, the one that's probably the most interesting, though, is probably what they called um, Minecraft Story. Um, now, to figure this out, this came out in 2014, is to actually tell you about um, another game company which doesn't exist anymore because people are greedy. Okay. Um, so there was a company called Telltale Games which made uh, choose-your-own-adventures, essentially. Okay. Um, and much in the same way of choose-your-own-adventure books, if you remember, they had you flipping through different pages and right. different stuff would happen based off that. Yeah. Um, Telltale Games had made it to um, a disturbingly beautiful art. Um, they were famous when they made the Walking Dead uh, Telltale series games, uh, which basically a series of five episodic games in which you played um, through this narrative, but based off your decisions, characters might either trust you or not trust you, things might happen to you or not happen to you, um, Famously, there's a, there's this famous line which uh, says Clementine will remember this, which is the little daughter character that your main character kind of shepherds along throughout the game. Okay. Um, and also occasionally, if you it give you the option to either save a person or not save a person, so you could go through the game and have you could go through the game actually several times in which you were either um, saving some people and not saving other people, depending on uh, what you wanted to do. And you had a limited time, so if you didn't do anything. You know, the game wouldn't choose what it did to you. It had an actual third option it didn't let you choose. Oh. So you could, so again, like if you... So if you were taking too long, then you made decisions without knowing. Well, not so much that you made decisions without knowing is that the game would, would it make a decision for you and then the worst outcome would happen for both of it. Okay. So as an example, if you had the option to save one person versus another person and you did neither, the game would basically say, oh, well, you saved neither of them. And now you have to leave without either of them. And and again, depending on who you saved um, would come with you throughout the rest of the game. And some things wouldn't happen unless you had certain characters with you, as an example. Okay. Um, and Telltale did a very great job of doing this. They've, they made a Batman series of games. Um, they're basically making lots of games based off this one simple formula, which was this choose-your-own-adventure. Yeah. And that's what they did with... Um, with Minecraft, they made a version of Minecraft that was basically this tell your own, t t you know, choose your own adventure. Um, and it was released what they call episodically, which is basically saying, we finished the first part of the game, we didn't know if people wanted to buy more of it, so we'll release a second version or tease that we're really releasing a second version in a couple months. Yeah. Um, and that, that does version does really well. We'll release another one until we yeah. finally decide, oh, we're done with this. Okay, the fifth one is the final one. I don't like people who do that uh, episodically because it feels kind of um, disingenuous. Yeah. But I understand why people do that. And the reason they do that is because they can only afford to release a certain amount of the game at a time. Yeah. Because um, either they don't have the money or they are actually using the money that they made from the first one that came out to make the second one and then the money from the second one to make the third one and so yeah. forth. Yeah. And eventually, oh, yeah. and eventually and you'll have it. If it's not going to generate money, then don't spend money creating it. Well, there's a lot of games that, that a lot of people spend a lot of time and money on to to make, which are basically just passion projects yeah. that end up in the end actually don't make any money at all. Okay. And then there's a lot of games which are not passion projects, they're very soullessly driven games that end up making a lot of money. 
uh, we call those battlefields and modern warfares. Yeah. Um, basically, they're these of these um, first-person shooter games, which don't change a lot of the gameplay at all, yeah. if any. Um, the most gameplay they change is, oh, now you have a dog. Yeah. Or, oh, this gun shoots slightly more realistically than another gun. And here are new map pep story. Oh, and yeah, there's a maybe there's a new story, but that's about it. Okay. They sell really, really well. I don't understand why. People like to master them. Yeah, but they've mastered the previous version of. They kept playing the previous version, and then they still do. Well, because you get bored with the previous version. You yeah. Played it. Not a lot of variation, I think, in those. No, there's really not. Yeah. I mean, and, and again, at one point there will be a topic on Minecraft, or excuse me, not Minecraft, but Fortnite and. Uh, player unknown battleground because those are interesting stories in and of themselves. Looking uh, forward to that because I know Fortnite's a thing as well. It's unfortunate, very much unfortunately a thing, but it wasn't actually. It wasn't originally a thing until they changed it. Oh, okay. And, and, it's, and that's and that's kind of got an interesting story along the lines of um, my my favorite story and my favorite story of any Disneyland ride is actually the Finding Nemo submarine voyage because it's that's an interesting story in and of itself. But yeah, so those are some of the spinoffs to Minecraft. Um, as you can imagine, there, while there's not an official Minecraft cartoon, the closest you do get is to that pixelated um, Telltale game, which is basically a cartoon at the end of the day. Uh-huh. Um, but Minecraft is also extremely merchandised. Um, you know you've hit it big when you can walk through a toy store, um, or rather a Target or a Walmart, to the toy aisles, because they don't really have toy stores anymore, do they? They don't. It's really a shame. Although there is Toys R Us still in Canada. There no Toys R Us here, no Toy Liquidator, no Toy... No KB any, Toys. No KB Toys. It, it is it is pretty much um, online, really. Online or, or Target. And I know why they don't exist anymore, but... Why? Um, basically, when the companies... Basically, when these companies, these capital groups buy these companies, um, they basically put all the debt they, that cost of buying the company on the company. So it was a leveraged yeah. buyout. Yeah. Um, and this happened with KB Toys famously, and um, who was Mitt Romney's company that bought it, and that's also what happened with Toys R Us as well, is that a company came in and bought Toys R Us and basically used the company as collateral to buy Toys R Us, which doesn't seem right. Well, so why th- buy something if it's not going to make you money? Well, no, well, not so much that, but I mean, like, the notion that was was that they spent ten billion dollars to buy Toys R Us, but then put that ten billion dollars on the Toys R Us book sheets Burdened it, yeah. to to as payment for that, and then basically from that point on they had to pay off this ten billion dollar this this yeah. money that they got put it with. Yeah. But um, margins are, margins are so low in retail right now because of 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 the internet app. Uh, in in general, yeah, because, no. Yeah, because now you can now you can comparison shop so easily. But again, but keep in mind, like Toys R Us had actually partnered with Amazon at the time, so they were selling their stuff through Amazon. So Toys R Us was actually still a big name for toys. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I miss having I miss having a place you can actually take the kids down the aisle and let them pick things. Oh, I miss just going to a store and picking stuff up. That's yeah. I I, I famously hate going online shopping because I don't. Mind you, I'm a bigger guy, so I like to make sure things fit me when I buy them. And I don't like, yeah. as much as I appreciate Amazon's, uh, you know, Prime sales and two day, two day delivery. Like, I'm forever getting stuff from Amazon and then sending it right back shortly thereafter because it doesn't fit me properly. Yeah. 
and I wouldn't have bought it had I known it didn't fit me properly to begin with. Yeah, yeah. no, that's. I mean, that's a that's a that's a, a, a common thing from for for online for for people well, who buy I, anything. I'm five I'm ten. Yeah. Yeah. So you're also fairly tall for a yeah. for for I'm a beautiful lady. Yeah. So so I mean so I'm 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 stuck with Gap online because mm-hmm. they don't carry tall in the store, but Gap on online does carry tall and Athleta also carries tall. And mm-hmm. so, and but I know how they're going to fit because it's all within the gap line. Yes. Um, yeah. So yeah, no. I mean, there's inter, the internet shopping is a whole. It may, and, and and since you, I can't say. So. Um, we got there, unfortunately. Well, okay, but <laughs> but um, since since you work for an internet retailer. Yes, I do. Okay. I now work for an internet, internet retailer. retailer. Okay. So. Um, uh, it's it's changed how we shop, and one of the things that's changed is that you can comparison shop easily, and that's what took out toy stores. And I think that's what's taken out a lot of retail it's in general. Taken out a lot of retail, and um, and so it you know it'll be interesting to see what all is left. But you're right in terms of marketing. If I went on Amazon right now and typed Minecraft, mm-hmm. the girls girls said, I said, what kind of books would you like? This is when the pandemic first started. Yeah. And I wanted to get them reading materials. And they said, well, do they have any Minecraft books? Oh my gosh, do they have Minecraft books? They have mm-hmm. Minecraft books for five-year-olds, describe, showing them different worlds that they can create and how to create them. Oh. Yes. They have a series, uh, N- uh, Mia has a series, it says series books, that are aimed at nine to twelve year olds. That are the Minecraft zombie books, and there's eighteen of them. And they're they're about a hundred pages each. I mean, big print and some pictures, but I mean they're they're not they're not small books. Um, and uh, and and she has those. There are um, workbooks. There are coloring books. There are just just in books alone. There's a series of choices. So yeah, there's and, and I know they have the figures in their rooms. They probably the have a ones. they probably have a sword or a or a Minecraft pickaxe at some point. A diamond usually, yeah, which is the highest level of gear you can get, which is diamond. Um, but no, yeah, no, I'm forever going to cons and seeing people with the swords or with the the pickaxes. Yeah. They're being sold frequently. Um, there's comic there's there's comic books for kids. Oh yeah, yeah, and there's people who dress up as the characters. Or gra- I shouldn't say comic books; they're graphic novels. Um, famously during uh, PAX East, which is a convention that happens um, on the East Coast, which is primarily aimed at geek culture, but primarily video games and board games, um, there's a girl who's apparently only about five, six or so, that routinely goes to the convention as a nearly 10-foot-tall creeper. Cool. And Which is kind of interesting. And again, so I mean, and she's been doing it for several years, so it's kind of interesting that... Um, that this game that is over ten years old has done quite so well that it's, as it had. It has staying power, and the only the only thing that helps things have staying power is that they remain interesting. Mm-hmm. So if you can play something and it remains interesting, I also just don't think that there's anything else like it on the market either. I don't really think there's a lot of other games that give you the full freedom to again basically remake anything you want in Minecraft. Okay. So what differentiates it from SimCity? So SimCity's, um, in the same sense that you can do anything you kind of want in SimCity, they're both very much sandbox games. SimCity uh-huh. doesn't tell you that you have to do X, Y, and Z. It kind of just guides you to do X, Y, and Z. Uh, 
Minecraft in the same way, it just kind of guides you to do X, Y, and Z. Minecraft is all about building a city using the tools that it gives you to build that city. So you have to put in roads, you have to put in um, a town hall, you have to put in residential areas and industrial areas and then commercial areas. Um, you need to put in a power grid to get stuff done. It's very similar, but it gives you... It, it, but it kind of tells you what to do on a certain level and you can't... You can build your own city, but it'll never be you know, a perfect representation of that city. Very much kind of like in Animal Crossing. You could rebuild Disneyland in Animal Crossing if you wanted to. I've got teacups. Yeah, you, you very much could rebuild Disneyland if you wanted to, but it's not going to look like Disneyland. It's going to be My whatever... Starbucks doesn't look like Starbucks. Yeah, it's, okay. it's going it's to so, look like the tools that you have, but in Minecraft, you could literally build entire Disneyland, and it could look almost exactly like Disneyland in a pixelated block form. Okay, so I liked SimCity for kids because I thought it taught you to think ahead and strategize and also the consequences of not making right decisions so sort of a, a from an like almost an ecological standpoint mm -hmm. i like the idea of sim city are you telling me minecraft doesn't have that the the same because you have more free form it's a, it's a lot more free form but there's not a whole lot of consequences for doing anything minecraft doesn't have a huge amount of consequences outside of um, outside of really dying, because if you die, you lose whatever you had on you. Right. But you can very much, um, if you respawn, it'll put you back kind of in the same place. You can put all your crafting stations and all your main stuff there. So you can have a yeah. chest that says, oh, these are just backups, whatever I need. Yeah. And you can go back and find the stuff that you had before, but you don't absolutely need to. Um, and so Minecraft doesn't have a lot of... Minecraft is Legos. There's not a lot of there's not a lot of punishment or consequences in Legos. Beyond, yeah, and, and again, I mean, like the worst you get them out is you have a boat that has wings on it for odd, for odd reasons. Well, I mean, I, I mean, I like the idea a whole lot better than having having first of all some sort of kiddie version of of uh, first hand shooter games. Well, oh, yeah, there I, are those. I know those. There, there are. Um, Splatoon would be the one that I would come up with, but um, they get a. At least Splatoon is is tongue in cheek. It's very tongue in cheek, and the and the goal of the game is actually not to to defeat the other enemy. It's actually just to paint the ground with more of your color. Yeah. It just so happens that to be able to do that, sometimes you have to uh, beat your fellow, you beat the beat the other team at the end of the day by making them have to re return back to the respawn point. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Yeah. But, but nobody nobody truly dies in that game at all. There is very much a Minecraft wiki that has a lot of good data on it for how to build stuff and where it's to, how to get to certain places. Because um, very much kind of like um, Magic the Gathering, there's a much bigger rabbit hole um, in Minecraft that's very well buried inside of it um, that doesn't present itself right away. Okay. Um, but I think my nieces in this case will be very good... Um, tutors for you yeah, to, to um but i will find stuff for our for our listeners as well okay. um and so you can find this information as well as the show notes for this on our website at the nerd tutorial podcast.com uh we continue the the uh, discussion on facebook as well at facebook.com forward slash nerd tutorial podcast and then if you have any ideas or comments for future topics hit me up on nerd underscore tutorial on twitter and let me know what you think but we also follow all of our current topics as well on our twitter page so if you just want to follow my 
our Twitter page just to see what new topics come out for anything we've already covered. That'd be the place to see it. Um, so we hope you everyone stay safe and um, secure outside there. And we'll see you guys again next time.